This is Jared Fishman, and you're listening to the 20-Sided Gamified Podcast. The past 20 years, I've blended games and education together in the classroom. I'm a history teacher, a game-based learning specialist, and I serve on the board of HMGS NextGen Inc. and the North American Simulations and Games Association. I'm looking to broaden my own knowledge of game-based learning by talking to the people that do it best. Pull up a chair, get your dice ready, and enjoy the ride. Friends, as we all know, life in the modern world can be pretty tough sometimes. Whether it's that overwhelmed feeling caused by the 24-hour news cycle or that exhausted keeping up with the Joneses marathon that many people feel like they're running on a daily basis, or simply trying to get by day in and day out. The good news is that there are now platforms designed to provide us with the support we need. Our sponsor, BetterHelp, is a wonderful resource that's purposely designed to be accessible and personalized to your exact specifications. With the click of a button, you can sign up and be matched with a professional of the highest standards, a specialist that can be an unbiased support system throughout your week and beyond. And BetterHelp goes out of its way to ensure that your needs are met. If the professional you're matched up with isn't working out, BetterHelp will work tirelessly to match you up with someone who will. Here at 20-Sided Gamified, we fully and readily support our listeners' goals of living healthy, fulfilling lives filled with laughter, fun, gaming, and stories to pass on from generation to generation. We are proud to have a partnership with BetterHelp, and we hope you'll look into this wonderful opportunity and resource at a time where we all may need a little boost. Signing up for BetterHelp has never been easier. Go to betterhelp.com slash 20sidedgamified to learn more and sign up at a 10% discount for your first month. You can also gain access to BetterHelp through the link provided in our show notes. Thank you so much. All right. Good morning, 20-Sided Gamified podcast fans. This is Jared here. Kelly, I think, is here. Kelly? You know, I, I was going to say that, at, at, you know, when, when you usually ask me how I am, the, yeah. the discussion was going to be content, but now I'm feeling rather combative. Why? Why are you feeling combative, Kelly? <laughs> Some of your remarks this morning about <laughs> my hair and... And, uh, and and where I am presently uh, yeah. in the midst of a snowstorm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, the contentedness is gone. <laughs> oh, come on, Kelly. Kelly McManus, you know I love you. You know you're <laughs> like, a, uh, you know, if I'm the Obi-Wan Kenobi, like you're the Luke Skywalker, man. Come on. You know wow. this. You're young. You're vibrant. Uh-huh. Doing wild things. By the way. Yeah, I thought you were going to say anything. I'm like, you know, now you're throwing me on a dark path. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You know, it's funny. Normally, we just do the full intro, but I, I feel like our guests, are, you just, you, Tony, you just want to get in there, don't you? Oh, yeah. I brought my own Herald to announce my presence. <laughs> you folks. It's completely fine. By the way, if you're wondering why we sound the way that we do, so I can't speak for our guest, Tony, who I'll give a more formal introduction to in a second. But uh, so this is actually technically, I don't know when this is going to come out, but this is technically the first episode that we're recording in the new year and it snowed finally you know the uh, climate gods were like we're going to give you some snow i can't speak for kelly well i'm sure you know he'll he'll mention his situation oh, but i mean it's not bad that's so good no no it's it's actually like the roads are clear so it's that's not good. as bad as it can be yeah it's kind of the same here so for most of most of you know like uh during the week i'm i'm usually in greenwich teaching but 
on the weekends and in the summer on vacations, my wife and I have a house in uh, up in uh, north, basically northwestern Connecticut. And yeah, we got a lot of snow. The birds are very happy outside. I don't know what it is about snow, but birds, they just seem, maybe it's that they think that they're never going to be able to eat again or something, but every species of bird that I enjoy like looking at in the morning has been present. So I'm in a good mood. And just so everybody knows, there literally is no agenda for the show, <laughs> which I think they, which I think our guest is very pleased about because it means that you know he has a bit of reputation as a, a wild person, you know. Um, and you know, why don't we just introduce him? I'm not going to pick on Kelly. That I'm, I'm going to move away from that. Oh, now he's feeling regret. <laughs> I, I am. I, I might be feeling a little bit bad. Look, audience, we all know that Kelly McManus likes to sleep. All right. <laughs> this is part part of the reason why we don't record a ton of videos because, you know, looks like he's <laughs> he's had a a good morning. He's looking looking peaceful. He's looking, you know, like he uh-huh. just came out of the woods chopping chopping wood for the fire. That, that is basically my life. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I'm going to leave that at that. Let's, let's introduce the guest. Now, Kelly, you know what? Let's, let's really change it up for a second. Are you ready? I'm totally putting you on the spot. Okay. I want you to introduce the guest because I know that you are a, what I would call an Uber fan. I wouldn't say, I mean, you are an Uber fan. Uber has a lot of connotations to it as a Sony study German history. Yeah, this is true. But come on, do it. Let's 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 give you the power. Today, uh, on a a lovely episode of 20 Sided Gamified, we have none other than Tony from Little Wars TV. What's up, Tony? I'm glad to be here. On this uh, blustery Sunday morning. Yeah. Are you going to live up to your reputation as being a wild person? I mean, are you going to say crazy things on this episode? Uh, probably not. I was a wild person. I am now just an old <laughs> fat husk of my <laughs> former self. Right. You're reformed. You're a reformed crazy person. <laughs> I, yeah. Some some meds and some serious conversations with yeah. professors. And now I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to throw. So remind me. So again, I, Kelly McManus, I know that you are, uh, you know, again, uh, as I as am I a big fan of Little Wars TV. I think your partner in crime is Miles, right? Miles was our other guest last time. Yes, yeah, was uh, with us um, at uh, Historicon this he warned uh, us. summer. Yeah, he warned us, Tony. He warned us about your ability to go on well, and on and on, which is good, though, for the show. And specifically for that occasion, yeah. Uh, in spite of the fact that we were done for the day and we went and got dinner and we went to the cigar lounge, I steered clear of the demon whiskey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How could you, though? I mean, look, I'm not a, uh, I, I'm not a huge drinker or anything, but I mean, if I'm having a cigar, like brown liquor is a necessity. Absolute necessity, but you it is you swore it off, it right? Right. In if that moment, watch, if you watch our recap of Historicon 2019, which was the first one at the magnificent convention center in downtown Lancaster, at the end, when that video aired, my girlfriend looked at me and she goes, "How drunk were you?" <laughs> <laughs> Like I was no more drunk than the rest of them. <laughs> so, so was anybody sober? Yes, the guy working the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Who 
who was working but, the camera? Was that Greg? Um, was Greg working the camera? Uh, Greg was. And it was funny because Greg and Steve had an interview with somebody. And they said, when we finish this interview, we'll meet you downstairs. We're going to film uh, the, the recap of the convention. Well, in the meantime, those of us who are going to be in the video are sitting at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe Miles was buying. Miles' pockets are fairly deep, and Miles was buying. <laughs> and so we were tossing them back. And this, you know, a couple minute interview turned into like a two and a half hour thing. Right. <laughs> so by the time they're like, oh, we're ready to go, we're like, yes. And so are we. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it made for a better, uh, better, better uh, interview. I'm sure. Uh, something. Yeah, I know. I'm sure. You know, it is funny though. Miles is, uh, I don't know. He, he's in a lot of the videos, but I imagine him almost being, and this is a compliment, like a Palpatine like character behind the scenes, like pulling the strings of like the Little Wars TV team. I don't know if that's bad to say, but I'm, I'm actually giving a compliment because I've been basically trapped for days and I've just been watching Star Wars movies endlessly. So there's going to be a lot of Star Wars references today, which actually on that note, I think it's, I think it's uh, comfortable to say that we should uh, basically give, I guess, a little congratulations to Greg, huh? Totally. We should, we should. Um, I don't know who wants to do that. Do you want to do that, Tony, since he's your uh, buddy? Sure. Why not? Uh, Greg and his lovely bride, um, on November 19th, welcomed into the world uh, Luke, their son, their, their first. Um, and he's a happy, healthy, bouncing baby boy. And mom and baby and dad are all doing well and adjusting to their new life. Yeah, it's um, awesome. Which it has and will continue for at least a, a while to impact um, our production of stuff at Little Wars TV because... Greg does 90% of the editing. Um, right. And in his, in his own weird worldview, he's decided that spending time with his newborn son is a priority over making videos of grown men playing with toy soldiers. Heresy. Right. Absolute right. heresy, right? We should just go back in time to the Middle Ages. It's like, oh, yeah, your kid is born. Send him to the monastery, you know? Send him somewhere. Is, is that also impacting his game time? <laughs> oh, indeed it is. Indeed it is. But, of course, as everybody adjusts to the new life and situation gets to normal, the newness of a baby wears off and all that good stuff, Greg will get back to gaming. Um, he was in York briefly. We're expanding our space at the club. You gentlemen need to come to the club and, yeah we and, do we really do but we're expanding the space I, I don't want to talk too much about what we're doing but we're basically doubling the size yeah and like the original space um it's all being remodeled through a sweat equity program um where <laughs> we have the space and Greg dumps off a pile of materials and says, this goes here and there. And right. we all get together and have some work days. So That's Greg great. got down this week um, to do a little work. Some yeah. of the guys who were off for the holiday. Yeah. And by the way, I want to point something out because there, I mean, there might be some people that need to be educated slightly, but 
I kind of doubt it, but I'm going to do it anyway. If you don't know what Little Wars TV is, it's probably a problem that you have that you should probably rectify soon if you're listening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, would, I would honestly say, look, and, and Tony, I, I often use this line on this show where I try not to inflate the egos of the guest, but usually if you're on the show, it's because I like you and it's because I admire something about you, you know? Honestly, Little Wars TV has completely revolutionized the way in which historical wargaming is perceived. You get hundreds of thousands of hits on your videos. And again, for those of you listening out there, if you go and search out Little Wars TV on YouTube, you will find a collection of, I mean, just everything. Videos about games, actual gameplay, right? Kelly, you could probably speak to this better than me. Oh, yeah, like... like so yeah, the game's historical background, like almost mini documentaries about battles or campaigns or what was going on in the war, um, reviews of of uh, conventions and events uh, and, and battlefield tours almost. So it's a wide variety of what you guys have been able to pull off. Yeah, so Tony, I mean, it, just, a, just a massive thumbs up from a veteran gamer to you, man. I mean... You're in a lot of those videos. Well, thank you. Um, and I, I've teased Greg that my on-camera presence has declined as my girth has increased. Um, I think he's shutting me out for a newer, younger crowd. <laughs> he, wants show to be, he wants the show to be sexier. But honestly, though, you have by far the best voice out of that entire group. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, so... It, it's true. Um, I have, I definitely have the better on-screen presence than any of those lesser celebrities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so wrong. It's true, though. You guys are kind of like gaming celebrities, if that was ever possible. You know, it is weird. I'll, I'll yeah. share a, a story. Um, when when we first started doing this, and my girlfriend said to me, she was worried that I would have groupies. <laughs> <laughs> jokingly of course she yeah, was, yeah, she yeah. was joking. but then in, in this little weird niche community we're sort of celebrities and so there are people that like regularly like hey man and she now she said that i should be worried that i have groupies um because she's she's seen the those of us who attend the conventions and we're yeah. all you know a, a good percentage of us are Aging, overweight, gray hair. Um, <laughs> not that I'm describing myself. We do have a look, though. I mean, it is right. True. There's a certain look. Of, everybody's got a beard. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of smell. <laughs> yes, there's that. Yeah. Look, this fall, we're at uh, Carter's, which is the little kids' clothing store, buying Christmas goodies for my grandson, and. A guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, it's going to sound weird, but you're Tony from Little Wars TV, aren't you? I'm like, oh, yes. And it's, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That dude recognized me. On the other hand, I'm like, that's kind of, I don't know. There's something, it's a double-edged sword. It's nice when somebody <laughs> says, I like what you do, but on the other hand, if it's especially if it's outside the context of a gaming convention, when somebody says, "Hey, man, I like what you do," I'm like, uh, "What are you talking about? I I know nothing." Yeah, um, no, totally. 
I, I think I think the way you described it is like perfect. You know, the double edged sword. Because look, I'm rather sure that the vast majority of the Little Wars TV audience are wonderful, pure human beings that you would want to roll some dice with. But there's probably a couple of really creepy people out there too, right? I mean, you know what I mean. I hate to way, denigrate your audience, but it's true, right? Way, way, way back, um, we did a Guadalcanal naval battle, and we did it in a backyard by the swimming pool. And in the comments, somebody pointed out that at minute, I don't know, 1437, you can see some stuff, the edge of somebody's shorts. How'd you and, feel about that? Well, it gets creepier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they commented that they went back through all our other videos to check and make sure. <laughs> Look at Kelly's face. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> weird, man. <laughs> right? But I think, like, well, Kelly, go ahead. You've, you've been waiting patiently. So, like, okay, first off, just a comment on that. Like... <laughs> That's just, I feel like that's a natural hazard of our of our kind of uh of taking any sort of video or pictures in our hobby. You know, you can't avoid it. <laughs> but uh <laughs> second but, but, but you know, I had a more innocent question before that. <laughs> and I'll ask that now. Um ha have you or anyone in the club like done the celebrity thing where you wear like really big dark sunglasses and like like uh, like you know, the typical baseball cap in order to blend in and hide when you're out in public. Has that happened yet? <laughs> no. Although there was a conversation at one point that at a convention we would have somebody dress up in like the South American dictator generalismo uniform, the white uniform and the hat and all the braid and a whole crap ton of phony medals, and the rest of us would get fatigues and mm. Castro hats and surround them as we walk through the convention. <laughs> the real question is who would dress up as the dictator? Is that Miles? Would you put Miles into that outfit? No, no, that was not Miles' idea. <laughs> um, Miles is actually... Miles is good people to his core. Yeah. Um, everybody in our club is good people. There's a few of the guys there that are brothers or at least as close as i am with my brother yeah um, they're just good to their core they're good people being around them makes me want to be a better person um, yeah that's so genuine tony it's very I, moving actually no <laughs> no but I, you're right though you're right i mean i think there is some look i i we've talked about this a million and one times on the show there is something about games that that make community and bring people together. And I could definitely say similar points that you just said about, you know, gamers that I know that I'm friends with where I don't know, I, like they're not necessarily folks that I'm going out to dinner with every week or anything like that, but there's a longevity where there are guys that I've been gaming with and going to cons with for 30 years, like since I was a little kid. So I totally understand what you mean. And you guys are pretty tight over there. I mean, uh, in terms of, you know, the space that you play in, the fact that you're all kind of working on making it into your own, that definitely, I think, is a bit unique. It, it's almost more like the English model, you know, overseas. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we were very fortunate because 
we started out at the as most gaming groups do at the local comic book store game store we were at a comic book store and we were at a comic book store for a very long time mm -hmm. and unfortunately the comic store model created two problems that we as a group were just like oh my god is there no is there no way out of this <laughs> um one of which at the same time that we were doing historicals, there was a Pathfinder group playing in the same room. And I, nothing against role-playing games. I am an avid role-playing game person myself. But they were very loud. And the guy running the game was doing excruciatingly awful and loud voices for all the NPCs. And... We just kept looking at each other like, oh, right. not again. That, and of course, because you're in a public space, you can't say no to that occasional individual with the odious personal habits or who's a chronic cheat and yeah. wants to join in. And you're like, ah, okay. Um, so eventually when we had an opportunity to get a private space, um, we were all super stoked about that. Um, yeah. And from there, it's, you know, just I will, Yeah, I will say, I have never understood playing a role-playing game in a public setting. I've never understood that. It's one thing to play a war game. It's another thing where, you know, you need kind of quiet. Sometimes those weird voices come out and doing it in public. Maybe I'm just a, an ashamed gamer. Maybe that's actually it. Like I, can, <laughs> I never can imagine doing that. You know, there's only one except literally one exception, which maybe we'll talk about at the end. If I feel brave enough to talk about my one really weird personal role-playing experience in public, we could talk about that later. We'll see. But, um, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, let's talk about games. What are you gentlemen yeah. currently playing? Wow. You know, Tony, Normally, it's me that asks that question. Jared, why don't you ask me what I'm playing? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I like this. Uh, no, no, absolutely. Um, I'm going to thrust this on Kelly, though, because I almost never talk about myself on the show, at least. Well, maybe I will. We'll see. All right. Yeah, well, I always have to fish it out of you. Like, you do, yeah. No, no, I'll go. I will go. All right, yeah, here do. we go. So, Tony, I the current project that I've been working on since probably September, uh, is a War of the Roses project. And I'm pretty sure your club has used the rules before. Um, Test of Resolve by David Knight and Tim Cooper. I think you guys have a rules review of that, of that rule set. It's the one with the cards. I believe we have. I, I yeah. believe we toyed with that. I, I, not me personally, but I know yeah. some of the club have played some stuff that I haven't. Yeah. But that's been my project. So for, I mean, I've been doing my research and for, yeah, like I said, since probably about September or so, I think it was September, uh, I had got some old 15 millimeter Essex figures from a friend and oh, that just oh. sent me down the rabbit hole, you know? Only issue that I have with the project is that as much as I love Essex miniatures, you know, like the range is somewhat limiting, you know, in the sense that, you know, Back in the day, it's all about the rank and file figures. So, like, they don't really have a ton of, like, personalized command or anything like that. They were more, I think, set up for, like, DBA and stuff like that. So, I, you know, I had to round out the collection by getting some Peter Pig miniatures, you know, their 15 mil line, which, interestingly enough, 
they do get a bad rep about being really, really tiny, like on the smaller end of 15 millimeter. They call it true 15 millimeter, but they actually do match up pretty well. And as long as they're on different bases, it doesn't really make a ton of difference. So that's personally what I've been doing. Um, and I'm trying to think uh, in terms of the last game I played, believe it or not, there's my my second Star Wars reference of the day. Uh, I played a little Star Wars Legion. I don't, I don't know if you've ever played that. We have a, a guy in our I'm group. familiar with it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's a little finicky, though. You know, so many tokens and cards and, you know. I. So I'll throw it back to you, Tony. I don't know how you feel about either of those periods or games. I, long ago, I had an enormous Essex um, 100 Years War army. Mm-hmm. Love their figures. You are right. The, they're mostly rank and file, and they're designed for that old school DBS yeah. kind of thing. Um, and you also mentioned Peter Pig figures. I should just buy stock in Peter Pig. Yeah. In that, at the point where the Flames of War people switch to the plastic miniatures, um, they're not bad, but they're not compatible with all their older metal stuff, of which I own a ton. Yeah. And Peter Pig is the answer there. Um, and so I they're my go-to now for 15-millimeter World War II stuff. Um, mm. We are doing... I have an enormous um, War the 100 Years War army in 10-millimeter. Um, sadly, Magister Militum, which has recently gone out of business... Um, Pendrake can make some beautiful tens. Oh, yeah. Leon is also the man. Yeah, He's there's so that. He's so cool. Yeah. He is, indeed. Um, I'm working on... Uh, I'm always painting fantasy figures for my Swords and Wizardry campaign. Um, I run regularly uh, Swords and Wizardry, Matt Finch. It's... Swords and Wizardry is... If you took the original D&D three white books and the little supplements that came out after that, yep. if you took that and put it in a form where it was legible and organized in such a way that it made sense, yeah, that's that's that. And it's been fun, and we run a... Man, I'd like to say monthly, in person, sometimes more, sometimes less, um, with some of the guys at the club. Um, what scale are the figures? 25? Uh, 25, 28. I, my stuff goes back to, I've got some stuff from the seventies. Yeah. Um, that is still in my collection up to, I'm working on a Reaper plastic plague doctor uh, this morning that is manufactured just recently. So it's a wide range of stuff. Yeah. You know, what's great about that? response there tony is that i have like 80 questions now so in my head i'm yeah. trying to keep them all straight i want to <laughs> ask like how long has this campaign been running for um a couple of years but because we're only playing you know monthly if we've been playing weekly you know we could have accomplished everything we've accomplished so far in you know the first year um but here we are and and in terms of that game, do you play using like 3D terrain, almost like a miniatures game? 
buildings and things like that? Or is it more like a role-playing game, theater of the mind kind of style? It's weird because I was we always played theater of the mind. Yep. Um, some of the people I game with are oddly enough younger than I am. It's it's weird, right? Um, <laughs> but got some younger people, and they're more used to miniatures. So I had some painted miniatures. Painting fantasy figures is my happy place at the painting bench. Um, so the collection just keeps growing and growing and. No, that's cool. I, you know what's funny? I never would have pegged you given like what Little Wars TV covers on on uh you know in in your episodes and things. I would never peg you for a guy who loved fantasy miniatures. Where did that come from? Did you play like the original D and D? Oh yeah, I um I heard about D and D for the first time in the late seventies. Um, I was was in eighth grade. I was reading The Hobbit. It was towards the end of the school year. I almost simultaneously discovered The Hobbit, the SCA, and Dungeons and & Dragons, um, and all of which became part of my, my reality at some point or another. I was in the SCA for um, 10, 15 years. I've been... I started playing Dungeons and Dragons by like 79, 80. Um, took a brief break uh, when I was married to my second wife because she disapproved of fun. Yeah. So, and then, you know, got back into it. Um, and it's it's always been something I was into. Yeah. There's something so just fun about role-playing games, right? I mean, oh, I yeah. play dark, way darker stuff. You know, I don't know. I said this in the Gehenna Gaming episode. I don't know. I was never really drawn as a storyteller or a player to being heroic. Because, like, I don't know. I'm a relatively nice person. I'm a teacher. Like, you know, I get made fun of. They call me TV dad. Because I'm like the guy, if you, need, if you need somebody to talk to, you go talk to that person. You know what I mean? So I'm always, I was always drawn to really dark stuff. You know, you but, yeah, I know everybody does, but D, but D and D is great. It's so wholesome. Do you know what I mean? I, it's funny. You're, you're, oh, it's so wholesome. And I was drawn yeah. to darker stuff, but I was a teenager in school during the Satanic Panic. Oh yeah, <laughs> and what was that like? Oh, it, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's. It was every bit as ridiculous as looking at it from the present you would imagine it would be. It just, uh, and I, I'm not going to get into politics because I'll definitely get in trouble. Oh, but yeah. But it, this, it would make for a good episode, though. <laughs> there's just this certain faction of people who have to point the finger at the other. Oh, yeah. And the other is evil. And the other is the tool of the devil. And it was rock music and Mad Magazine and D&D and rap and Black Lives Matter and all of yep. this is somehow Democrats. And it's all tool of the devil. We know that. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's, it's just a new thing. It was the tool of the devil du jour. Yeah. And it, was, it was ridiculous. But, of course, everybody's parents took it seriously. 
What are they? Let me see that book. Oh, my. Mm. The first time, and I didn't know it at the time, but my buddy Matt next door, we grew up next to each other for our entire lives. Mm -hmm. Matt comes over to my house one day in the mid-70s. He's got this record. We got to play it. I have a record player. And it's Kiss Alive. That's nice. how that's how far back we, we are here. I love Kiss. And we're They're playing Kiss Alive. And we're playing it loud. My dad can hear it downstairs. It's interrupting the ball game or whatever he's watching. He comes stomping into the bedroom. What the? What are you? And he looks at the album cover. And just goes off the rails. And he's yelling for my mom. I'm in here and see what your son is listening to. Yeah. And it was that same era, like Kiss Records. These are these are tools of the devil and D&D because it was, you know, those same sort of imagery. Oh, they're looking through my D&D books like, I, I, I don't know. This is, yeah, we see, turned out okay. What's really funny, too, about that is, again, so you're a little older than me. Um, for me, the satanic panic was less about D&D and more about magic cards, where what I was in school in, like, so magic comes out in 90, what, 93? So I was, like, 12, I think, something like that. And, yeah, it, it was, you know, news reports about how kids think they're wizards and they're casting spells on people and completely disrupting school. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I, I never, I rarely curse on the show, but yeah, there is just something. It almost defies political parties because it's like if you look back through time, it's like whoever's in charge, you know, the idea of othering people and just being an asshole, you know, just ruining everybody's time, you know, it's like you believe in something or you want to play something, let's just demonize you for it. There is just something about that and like government oversight and all that, you know, it's just yeah, I, I so my disturbing. Partner. I wish my generation had a satanic panic. No, but That'd that's what I was going to say, though. <laughs> that You just brought me back to the point. It's like you would think that people in power would be, would be complaining more now about, you know, cell phones and the kinds of stuff that kids have the ability to watch on, you know, Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Like, you know, kids who get off on watching, like, car crash videos and people dying. Like, nobody says anything about that. But apparently yeah. playing D&D is the devil you know what i mean it's just ridiculous yeah i mean i, I guess that's the biggest thing for me was like video games right like oh if you play this you're gonna become a you know chaotic school shooter basically yeah yeah so i i saw an article i don't know what i was looking for but i saw an article the other day um from new york in the 1950s about how comic books especially those depicting crime um, and the occult were contributing to the increase in juvenile delinquency. And they had some psychiatrist who stated that she could state unequivocally that there was a link between the child, the stupidity of the child and the size of his comic book collection. That is and ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, these people have existed apparently forever. But also, uh, consider this too. Somebody's job is to do that work. Like, yeah. somebody's job is to go out there and, like, write a paper about comic books and, like, oh, it's going to ruin society. Like, I don't know. Like, I wonder what that person got paid, you no, know, to I, do I, that. 
There's somebody in a factory. There's somebody in a factory putting turn signals on BMWs. You know, yeah. everybody. Somebody has to have a job that's useless. So, Kelly, you were going to say something. That that person had to be the biggest closeted nerd. <laughs> they just self-flagellated home, you know, with their pile of comic yeah. comic books. Uh huh. By the way, I do want to go back for one second because I want to give a compliment. Um, we've been talking about Peter Pig, right? So Tony, I didn't get a chance to say this before. I wholeheartedly agree about Peter Pig. You know what I love about that company? Here's what I love about them. What I love about them is. Let's say you decide you want to get into a particular range, right? You want to get into a particular conflict. What I love about them is that they make everything you could possibly want, need, or imagine for that era. So, for example, if you look at their War of the Roses range, they have literally everything you could ever want to purchase. Plus rules, plus all the dice, plus basically everything you need. It's a really great, you know, like one-stop shop, which is pretty awesome, you know? It is. It is. Um, I would put a little asterisk there in what you said. Yeah, do it. Because if you're out there and you're listening, you don't have World War II Americans in great coats. <laughs> so I guess you are very familiar with that line of figures there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I don't. We ran an enormous Stalingrad game. Miles ran an enormous Stalingrad game. I painted miniatures for an enormous Stalingrad game. And so I had a, I bought a mountain of Peter Pig figures for that and decided that at some point there's a 15 millimeter bulge project in my future. Um, and I have some painted Americans. Um, that are metal battlefront stuff, but I don't have enough. So whenever I'm at a con and there's a flea market, I'm like, I gotta look, I gotta find, um, some, some point I'll corner the market. If, if you want metal <laughs> Americans in winter gear from battlefront, I will own them all at some yeah. point. Um, I, uh, I'd have to look downstairs, but I have a lot of that old stuff. I'm personally, so here's the thing. Quick disclaimer. Um, I'm not necessarily opposed to look, a company wants to make money, right? So of course, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta update your lines, you know, you gotta find more economic ways to do it. I'm just I just love their early metal stuff. Like I'm, you know, there's nothing worse to me than and maybe this is just me. Cause like on one hand, like I'll give you an example. I could do the bulge and I've done the bulge with just Americans in whatever gear. I don't know. Like it now doesn't really bother me whether they have the coats or not. But what kills me, though, is when figures don't match up scale-wise. So it's like I bought a bunch of Battlefront's new tanks, lined them up with all my old tanks, and it's like, oh, God, they look like they're completely a different scale. You know what I mean? Um, and that's happened a couple other times, too, because I think you're right. Like, the plastic figures are a bit bigger than, you know, those original small figures, you know? I don't know. For me, that's where I, I almost can't physically put them on the table at the same time. I don't know about you guys, but you are absolutely correct. I, at some point or another, that difference in scale um, is, is enough that I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't look at it. It's it's yeah. an abomination. Yeah, I agree. It's the word I would use. I don't know, Kelly. You're um, you're a youngin compared yeah. to us two old people. So I don't know. Have you experienced this before? Serious question. Have you experienced sure. it before, where you put different figures on the field that are from different companies? 
Yeah. So, like my first part, that my first miniatures Napoleonics. They they were Essex. They were Blue Moon. They were, um, like you name. I have probably like three different brands or four. Uh, Old Glory Fifteens, like whatever. And it do, it did start bothering me that like my my front rank Prussians are like three four millimeters smaller than the back rank, and, like you know the regular ones, and the detailing work is there. So. That's that's the primary reason why I'm repainting all of them and redoing them. And on that note, is that your? Would you say that's your biggest current project? Are those other? So yeah, that's one of two of my big projects. Um, that, yeah, uh, my other big project is going to be the um, uh, Middle Earth train project that'll be happening later this year. So yeah, you and, uh, love you love Lord of the Rings. I love that. It's you really so do. Like that's your game. <laughs> Tony, yeah. have you played uh GW's Lord of the Rings rules? Um, a little bit. We have been fiddling around and and by the way, Kelly, I now I'm I have mixed emotions because <laughs> you're a, you're building Lord of the Rings terrain and you're a Napoleonic gamer. I'm like totally I don't know what to think now. Um, <laughs> Tony, are you saying that we should move to York, Pennsylvania? <laughs> should we try to find um, teaching jobs in York? Is that what you mean? <laughs> sure, it pays well. It pays yeah. well. In I, the mean, I would state. love to move back to PA. So I um I've tried to be a Napoleonic gamer. I have Napoleonic armies painted and unpainted. I used to think that someday I will play Napoleonics and I will be a real war gamer. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't like Napoleonics. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's people, you know, Little Wars TV people who hear this podcast and burn me an effigy, but them. I'm, I'm yeah. just not on it. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan. I've tried. Maybe I just haven't hit the right rule set yet, but I'm not. Um, there is, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. You can say whatever you want. No, 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 no. This is um something the that we're doing. There oh, okay. is a Lord of the Rings project um, on a vast scale in 10 millimeter underway. Um, our friend Chris Grau got us um, enthused about it. He's a great painter. He's one of our patrons, um, a good guy, in spite of the fact that he gave some of us COVID at Historicon. Um, <laughs> He's never going to live that down. I'm sorry. You're listening, Chris. Sorry, man. Um, Biological warfare against friends. Terrible. <laughs> but that inspired <laughs> um, that that inspired a big Lord of the Rings project. Um, we're finishing out this season with a big Napoleonic project. Um, I'm uh, somewhere in this mess. I'm trying to get all my... World War II German armor assembled so I can start painting. The painting for me is the easy part. Yeah. Uh, assembling the plastic kits is the part that some days I'm just like, oh, God, can't we go back to the one-piece resin? Yes. Uh, we can't. I'm sorry. I. But, and I've discovered, you, you were talking about the Battlefront scale difference. Mm -hmm. I I struggled because I need to build tigers um, for this Normandy project we're doing. That'll be the only hint I give you as to 
what we're doing, but I need to build a lot of tigers. Okay. And so I got the box from Flames of War. I went back and forth because the Plastic Soldier Company ones, in watching some videos, the hull, con- the, the turret construction looked funky and it concerned me. So I got the Flames of War ones and the hull is eight God blankety blank blank damn pieces. The hull, not the turret, not the tracks. The hull is eight pieces. And so the five of them, which I bought at, uh, oh, I might have bought those at uh, Historicon. No, bought those at uh, Cold Wars, um, are still not assembled. I have three. And I'm like, every time I get a sprue out, I'm like, I got to finish building these. Oh, a dwarf. Hey, yeah. I'm going to paint that dwarf. So, no, totally. I have stuff like that in my in my collection too, uh, especially tanks. Like I bought, and again, now it sounds like I'm picking on Battlefront. It's not my intention. But um, yeah, like years ago, I bought a bunch of World War I uh, tanks from them because they're awesome. They're beautiful. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's it, they can be a little finicky to put together. So they just sort of sit there, you know. They just sort of sit there and stare at me. It doesn't help that I'm doing most of my World War 1 and 25s now, but but I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is I I get it. And by the way, we have to back up. There's no way we're going to let you off the hook here, Tony, when it comes to talking about Napoleonic gaming cuz I just I feel like we just need to talk about this. Now, Kelly, you raised your hand earlier yeah, on our little so Zoom function. Did you want to jump in about that or I did, yeah, because you had mentioned that you're not a Napoleonic uh war gamer, so that means you're not a real war gamer. And then you keep mentioning all these fantasy models that you keep painting. So uh are you more of a fantasy gamer or what what's uh what's your bread and butter? No, um my bread and butter currently would be World War II, um, Northwest Europe, um, the Normandy to Normandy to the Ruhr, um, be my, that's where my interest is. I was once upon a time, like an Eastern front guy. Mm. Um, and I just, eh, I'm just worn out on that. Um, <laughs> Too much uh, bloodshed. <laughs> no, we we occasionally joke about around the club that when Nazis and Stalinists fight, everybody wins. But <laughs> just clean out the gene pool a little. <laughs> I just um, those folks. It's just not. I don't know. It was my thing when I was in high school. I guess it was Panzer Blitz and Squad Leader. Um, when uh, Cross of Iron came out for Squad Leader, we played incessantly. Um, we played round-the-clock um, Squad Leader Eastern Front games. And I, I guess at some point, I just, I don't know, I just got tired of it. Um, the uh, it, Nothing against people who are still into it, but for me, it just uh, it just became tiresome. The, the conflict, the politics, the everything, I... So um, the war in Western Europe has been my focus lately. Um, And I go back and forth. Um, I've got some, going to start an African imagination campaign using 15 millimeter figures. We're probably going to adapt um, 
Well, I will probably adapt fireball forward mm-hmm. because the scale is going to be basically a reinforced company. And we're, I, I've sketched out uh, an outline of a couple imaginary um, third world African nations where it's during the cold war. There's that collection of secondhand um, Russian and Polish surplus equipment. And of course, British and French and, you know, you've got the dictatorship in power and some European interests protecting the mineral rights. And, you know, there's two or three revolutionary groups. So it's just going to be one of those things we're going to do for fun. I don't, I, I don't imagine it will take off, but we're going to give it a go. Mm. Um, I, well, you- uh, What's Tony, that? if you don't, I just wanted to jump in for one sec. You know, it's interesting because in listening to you kind of describe this, you know, m- the reason I like imagination campaigns or imagination campaigns is for the exact reason in which I can sometimes be overwhelmed by Napoleonics. So I want to bring both of these things together, right? It's really cool to set up just, for example, let's say we take, I don't know, where I've seen imagination games the best is like the Seven Years' War era and before. So like 1700 to 1750, where you can paint the figures any way you want. You can just make your own map and just go to town, you know? And if, that's fun to me, you know? And connecting it to Napoleonics, I mean, I don't know about you. I have a lot of them, but it's overwhelming. It's completely and totally overwhelming. And a lot of times the games end up being... Let me just pack as many figures as I can on one side. Let me pack as many figures on the other side and just kind of go straight forward, you know? And then, of course, right, not to pick on people, but you always have that guy where, again, like with imaginations, it's like you do whatever you want. Somebody inevitably in that game will say, well, you know, this game is set in 1807, and I don't know if there would be that many files in that French unit or moving that fast. And it's just like you just want to take that person and point to the steps and just be like, go, you know? So, again, like... uh to me, like that's what's great about imagination games, and then that can be what's very overwhelming about Napoleonics to me. I, I, I know what your take Kelly's is. Kelly's reactions here. Yeah, at one point I was fairly certain he was trying to figure out how to get like a lock of your hair to put in that doll uh. so that he could stab <laughs> it for you speaking badly of Napoleonics. No, he loves Napoleonics, and don't well, get me that's wrong. What I said, but um, you were you were bad mouth. Don't get me wrong though. No, I. I, I Totally get where you guys are coming from. That that one guy who has to be like, how many buttons does that have? Are, are they painted? Are they? Yeah, yeah. But totally. it, and it stems friends, to yeah. Go ahead, Tony. One of my friends was selling some Napoleonic figures at a flea market at a convention some years back, and the guy, somebody walks by and they're looking at him like, "What are these supposed to be?" Well, the you know the the Russians um use them for the eighteen thirteen. No, these are not the correct uniforms for. Yeah. So and my bad. buddy looks at him and goes, I don't know if you know this, but January 1st, 1813, the czar didn't like do the I dream a genie blink and everybody yeah. got new uniforms. The yeah. people who were you who were still in uniform and still in the field didn't like disrobe and stand naked until a train or you know, till a, yeah. a wagon arrived with new uniforms. That's not how it works. Yeah. But you know, some people just get nuts about this stuff, especially like, you know. Maybe maybe we can call it like some 
OCD wargaming, uh, you know, qualities. Look, don't get me wrong. I have thousands of Napoleonic miniatures downstairs, and I run Napoleonic games. It's just I can see both sides of the coin. I mean, there there are definitely elements of it that I love, but I, again, like I don't get this way about any other historical period. But oh, even no, just no, painting no. them, I can get overwhelmed. You know, like making sure that everything is as correct as I can make it. You know, the you have the button counters. In all the periods, yeah, I, I think there are. I don't have any data to back this up, but I think they are more prevalent in Napoleonic gaming than other forms of gaming. But uh, you know, you get the people who are you. You know, that's not the correct organization for this German unit in 1944. And they should have blah, 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 blah. And I can pull a book off the wall of mess behind me mm-hmm. where German commanders are complaining that we don't have enough rifles for our troops after this last disaster when we withdrew. We don't have enough small arms for everybody to have a rifle. And you're going to tell me that I, I didn't. I didn't have the correct number of machine guns on the table when, you know, I, I, I think there's a tendency to, we look at that paper or digital table of organization and equipment. And we believe that's the gospel. When in reality, even now the United States military is the most modern and best equipped military on earth. And not everybody in the same branch, not everybody in the same branch, in the same units are wearing the same camouflage just because the supply chain makes it difficult to get that many troops into the new stuff all at once. So to say that in 1944 or 1807 that these guys are dressed or equipped incorrectly, um, yeah, no, shut up. Yeah, it's it's absurd. It's it's definitely ridiculous, you know. And and but I at the same time I get it, you know. I think we probably all have these qualities in us somewhere. Like for example, I don't get crazy about what you're talking about, but all the stands have to face a certain way in the box. You know what I mean? Like when I put stuff away, I, I know that sounds strange and bizarre, no. but um, but no, I yeah, I think there must be something about gaming and gamers like where these tendencies probably just sort of come out, you know. But I will say. And again, on one hand, and I read this astounding uh, stat the other day about the miniatures page, the amount of hits that they get a day, they probably are the most clicked on website about gaming out there. But good God, some of the conversations and arguments and insulting words that get thrown around on that page. Thankfully, I don't think it happens that much anymore because a lot of those folks maybe just don't post anymore. But good God. You know, and again, I see your face, Tony. You know what I'm talking about. First off, I'm shocked that anybody goes to the miniatures page anymore. I I have said this before. I won't lie either. I I was a little too, which is why I'm even talking about it, but go ahead. I've said this before on, on a podcast or something, and I'll say it again. TMP is like the cesspool of miniature gaming they are and they weren't always but i know they, it's it, sad it's just it's just a cesspool it's like the dregs of 
nothing good goes on there. I, it's, yeah, I mean, again, I, I try as the host of the show to be right in the middle. You know what I mean? I really do. And I try to give credit where credit is due. If I have any question about a particular range or I want to try to find an old conversation about something regarding a rule set, a lot of times I can go back into the treasure trove that is the miniatures page going 10, 10 years back, 15 years back. Where I'll agree is um, just some of the conduct and the decorum on there. Where again, like, do whatever you, whatever you want. I mean, somebody runs that page. I mean, ultimately, like, somebody's kind of in charge of filtering it. But good God, some of the arguments. I would always worry that my students who are gamers would go there. And I was just always afraid that they would assume that the way in which people talk to each other there was the way in which all gamers spoke to each other or wrote about the hobby, which... You know, I don't think it's true. I think most of us are pretty solid, but, you know, you get those few people who can, like anything else, kind of drag you into the source, you know, so to speak. So, yeah, it's a little little bit depressing because of how great the page was at one point, you know. Kelly, do you go on the miniatures page? Here and there, if I need to look for... One one thing I usually always go go there for is... um, looking up like rules and see like what the general like thoughts are and how they function or whatever. Or um, there's a few pages where I try to see the different sizes and miniature lines and how they compare to each other. There's like one or two uh, things there, but the issue with that website is how old and un um, like you can't navigate it. And half the time try clicking on certain pages and it just doesn't even load. So yeah, uh, as far as like using it or going there, it's a fairly dead website just due to how antiquated it is. Yeah. You know, to, uh, not to dump on the miniatures page, but Tony, I, I know that, um, you guys have talked about kind of the state of HMGS, you know, as an organization before. I mean, I know that's come up on, on, you know, videos and things like that, but you know, I can be as critical. I'm a teacher, so it's like my job is to be critical in a lot of ways, you know? Uh, but I don't know. I always found that some of the ways in which people talked about HMGS on the miniatures page would really always bother me. Like, just the level of shittiness. You know, almost like people complaining, like, why isn't the HMGS convention in my backyard? That's where it should be. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that would just sort of drive me away as well. I don't know if you ever ran into any of those threads or not. Um, I, on again, off again, follow HMGS politics. I know I shouldn't. Yeah. Um, should just let all that go. I should yeah. avoid... I should just sit in my room and paint miniatures. <laughs> no, I hear not you. Comment, not comment about the rest of the world, but here we are. Right. Um, <laughs> I try not to to get involved in HM. Uh, some members of our group are much more vocal about HMGS politics. Um, I don't know. I some days I don't feel I have a dog in the fight, so I don't get mm-hmm. too too hipped up one way or the other. But you see that um, the the con should be in my backyard thread. Um, you see that quite frequently. Um, I'll see it in the Facebook commentary groups, the Facebook discussion groups for HMGS and the various cons where, you know, it should be in my backyard. It should all go back to the host. 
Mm-hmm. And and I laugh because it should all go back to the host. Um, one of the it should all go back to the host people commented that when it was at fall in this year that oh you can't find you can't find any of these rooms. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm fairly certain if I scroll back through, dude, you were commenting that they should all go back to the host because we know they didn't change anything. Yeah. They took the tarp off the roof and put shingles on in place of plastic tarps and they painted everything. It's the same place. It's the same layout. I, and I don't know. I don't know if you have opinions on the convention sites. Um, if the convention is good, I'm willing to travel. Last year, I drove, drove to friggin' Lake Geneva, Wisconsin to go to Gary Con. Yeah. Um, it was a blast. I'm flying this year. Um, I know it's fantasy you're looking at. No, no, it's funny you bring that up. But yeah, it was a good convention. It was worth the drive. I'm going to go again. Um, if Historicon, if I lived 150 miles away, from the Lancaster Convention Center where Historicon is held now, I would go. I wouldn't hesitate. Yeah. I've been there. The facility is great. There's lots to lots to, lots being offered in the vicinity of the facility. Um, worth the drive. If and let me just a caveat. I live yeah. 20 miles from the Lancaster Convention Center. Right. So. Um, but if it was 150 miles, 200 miles away, I'd still go because it's such a good con and such a good venue. On the other hand, if that god-awful casino King of Prussia site was across the street where my neighbor Bill's house is now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to that stinking convention right? Um, just because I despise that site. And not all of it is about the layout the fact that it's in a convention it, it, sorry the fact that it's in a casino and you have to walk through the casino and see all these desperate people who shouldn't be who really don't have money to be gambling gambling as there's something sad and lonely yeah about a casino and to have to walk through the casino to get to one end of the other of the convention just harshes my mellow. Yeah. You know, it's, again, I, I totally understand. So two points really quick. So first point about that one. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's always funny to me when big companies will host things in Vegas. Cause I feel the same way. Like, you know, if you have to go to like a professional development conference or some kind of educational thing and they hosted it like the palace, like Caesar's Palace or something or whatever, or the Bellagio, there I agree, like there is some, you know, just walking by people that are like pumping the, the coins into the uh into the slot machines is just very depressing. So I'm very much on that page with you. Um, I wanted to back up for one second. So it's interesting you bring up Gary Khan. So I've been very tempted to go to Gary Khan, actually. You know, I was, I, I, you know, it, it, it I, I'll bring it up here. Uh, I was supposed to bring Luke Gygax on this show and it just didn't work out. Like the timing didn't work, which, um, you know, maybe we'll be able to rectify at some point, but there were sort of talks of the podcast going there and kind of being part of the media team like we did at PAX. So I'd be curious, like, what was your impression of the con when you went last year? 
Oh, Gary Kahn. Gary Kahn is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, there's an endless number of games. Uh, I think the attendance is pinned at like 3,500 people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, it's professionally run convention. Um, while there are some volunteers, the core staff, if I'm not mistaken, is professional. Yeah. So it runs seamlessly. The hotel staff is totally into the fact that uh, Gary Khan is going on there. Um, the hotel is a lot of fun. The hotel is a maze. Um, it's it's up, down, left, right. Right. But there are games everywhere, so it's not like you're just wandering aimlessly through hotel halls um, trying to get to something. There's games everywhere. Games are running, oh, from sun up to sundown and then some people are start there's games starting at 10 o'clock at night yeah um, this the staff is just fantastic luke's um luke's lovely wife approached me i'm sitting i'm sitting on a chair like in between games and i'm looking at the brochure and i look up and she's standing there she's like Hey, Tony, how, how are you enjoying the convention? And I'm thinking to myself, she took the time. She saw me there. I'm sitting there by myself. She took the time to stop, look at my name tag. She addressed me by name. How are you enjoying the convention? And, and I told her, I said, I can't. I said, Gary Gygax's work was an immense part of my childhood. And to come here and see this, this giant family that you've created, I, I said, it's just, it's just amazing. And she said, well, that's what we are here. She said, all of us here at this convention are, are one big family. And I said, thank yeah. you. And I and think I that's just, true, by the way, most, yeah. there's a lot of people who will say that, but I, I don't think it's always meant. I think that what you're saying about Luke's wife, I think that's sincere. Oh, I definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, it, and the fact that it struck me as so sincere and so genuine, I was like, wow, this is, these are good people doing good stuff here. Yeah. Um, and I get that at the end of the day, everybody has to make a paycheck off of it. I get yeah. that. But it's being done at a very, the convention is run at a very high level. Um, yeah. You can get food at the table while you're gaming. Yeah, oh, that's fun. Oh, they have this funky card system where, Game is green card. There's space in this game. Red card. Game is full. Yellow card. When the girl comes around with the cart, mm -hmm. I'd like some food. And you can yeah. order. You can. She'll bring you a burger and a beer. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. My God, life is good. Yeah, life is good in Lake Geneva. Yeah, no, totally. And look, you know, <laughs> I look. I, I don't want to, as the host of the show, right? And and look. I mean, HMGS Next Gen Inc., the organization that both Kelly and I, along with a few other folks, kind of run, like, we we kind of were born as the educational outreach part of HMGS. So, look, I mean, I've been connected to the organization through that, but also since I was a little kid, you know? Mm -hmm. I guess instead of... I mean, I could be pretty critical all day. For me, like, what my hope is this. In the same way that your experience at GaryCon, like, talking about the level of professionalism, and then... For example, Kelly and I going to PAX and seeing there must have been 10,000 people there. 
my big oh, yeah. big hope is that at some at some point or another, um, given the boom of gaming, that HMGS finds a way to maybe not necessarily um, replicate both of those things, but I just want to see the organization do well. That's it. It's <laughs> as simple as that. And I do think that, uh, you know, again, I-, I could be like one of those people on the miniatures page that complain about the most minute things when it comes to the organization. You know what I mean? I could be like that, but I'm choosing not to. It's like, I, I was very encouraged last year at Historicon when we had our first chat. Um, I-, I saw a lot of new faces and I do think that HMGS is working towards getting its name out there, but maybe given our time constraint now, because I'm looking at the time and we've been chatting for quite a while, maybe we can bring it back to Little Wars TV for a second. You guys absolutely are a reason why more people are going to those cons. You know that, right, Tony? I, I'm flattered that you say that. Um, I, far be it for me to take credit for... I can barely manage my own life some days, all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally hear you. But look, you know, when you guys are putting out those interviews, in the same way that I'm hoping that this podcast does something for the gaming community too, you know? I don't, like, look, there is overlap between what Kelly and I do here and what you guys do at Little Wars TV. I, I think you guys have your lane and you do it unbelievably well. The fact is, is, like, there's not really anybody else that puts videos out like you. And I think... For Kelly and I, and Kelly, I know I'm kind of putting words into your mouth, but my hope is that this podcast serves another function, which is these kinds of chats. Because ultimately, when people see you guys gaming in those videos, they want to do it too. And my hope is that by talking to people like you, Tony, and some of the other guests that we've had on, people can really see see that it's not just about historical war gaming or fantasy gaming or role-playing or whatever. Gaming is just really fun and it's super beneficial for people. That, you know, for me, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the work that you're doing and hopefully a little bit of the work that we're doing here is going to get some people attending more of all of the cons that we've been talking about. And Kelly, I don't know if you want to add anything there. Yeah, I would say that like, you know, Little Wars, hopefully what we do, we're showing off our passion for something and that passion that we're showing off, it's fun, it's engaging, you're, you're with like-minded people. Um, and, and you're building once again, that sense of community based off of shared interests and just the fact that like you're doing something tactile together in, in physical presence with other people and you're having a good time. And you guys are definitely doing the, doing the Lord's work as it were. Um, and you, you come across and because you are, but you come across as genuine and enthused and sincere about what you're doing and you have a mission in mind and, and that comes across watching, watching your work and listening to the podcast. And I think that, and again, I, I'm just flattered to death that, you know, you were complimentary about what we do at little wars, but I think that whether it's us, you or somebody who comes down the pike, who's way smarter than any of us, if you convey genuinely your love of the hobby and how much enjoyment the hobby can bring, I think that's the key to getting, to getting people. Yeah. And I think that's the key to getting people to historical game is that we have to show them that it's okay. You're like the fantasy or sci-fi. It's okay to cross back and forth. 
Oh, yeah. You don't have to suddenly become like a stodgy old grognard just because you play Napoleonic. Look at Kelly. Kelly, how old are you? I'm 31. <laughs> the young man is I, prime. I, if I rummage, I probably still have concert T-shirts older than him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but look, I don't know if anything else could be said to end this podcast on such a good note as compared to what you just said, Tony. I mean, yeah, bottom line is when you're genuine about something and when you have a passion for it, a lot of times people kind of gravitate towards that. So the way we usually end this show is um, if there's anything that you're working on, if there's anything, uh, Tony, that you want people that are listening to know about, you know, maybe what's on your painting table or what, what you're working on. I know you've talked a, a lot about some of those things, but is there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up? If you're in the... Mid-Atlantic area this spring, come to ScrumCon. Uh, oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, it's now going to be a two-day convention. Um, it is just a very good vibe there. It's a mix of historical miniatures, sci-fi and fantasy miniatures, role-playing games. Um, all the GMs, except for myself, are pretty top-notch. <laughs> um, I'm only Mets of Mets, but right. definitely if you have a chance and, and go to conventions, just go to conventions, meet new people, try new games. That, that's all I got, man. No, that's great. And then I guess maybe from our end, uh, Kelly, do you want to chat first? Uh, do you want, I mean, what's on your table or what are you working on or what's going on with you before I kind of wrap things yeah, up? Yeah, I've had a very eclectic past couple of weeks in terms of hobby stuff. Um, so I'm finishing off some uh, 25 mil Germans for World War One. Um, I'm painting up now some more World War II German stuff for our game soon at the, the new store that opened up in Mawa, Rogue State. Um, and I'm stripping more of my old Napoleonics that I plan on keeping to repaint them and rebase them. So, oh, and I finally yesterday dropped that Home Depot to get uh, some XBS foam boards for the uh, big terrain project that's awesome and then for me uh i finished the four of my war of the roses stuff the core units are more or less done um the goddamn mail if if you want me to complain for one second the goddamn mail i knew that i was going to be snowed in you know and i was really really hoping huge uh kudos to the following company so noble night games where you can kind of get some old stuff uh you know, and, and get get it to a new home. So I ordered a bunch of like European mercenaries, like essentially like Burgundians, Armagnacs. Uh, I mean, really the French ultimately, even though some medieval historian out there is like, mm, I don't know about that, you know, which is which in this case, they'd be right. Uh, but yeah, they were supposed to, I thought they were supposed to be here this weekend. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be snowed in. And all I'm going to do is paint. Uh, they did not arrive. They're going to be here on Monday which means I got to, if my students are listening, I got to do work this weekend. So now that granted, there was some other fun stuff too. So if you listen to the Gehenna gaming episode, uh, one of my favorite role-playing games is Vampire the Masquerade. And there's a collectible card game, even though collectible, maybe I'll leave that out. It's more like one of those living card games where you just sort of buy the box and the expansions. And I just sorted all of those cards and we're going to be, you know, playing some of that uh, on board game night, which is usually on Tuesdays. 
And other than that, you know, once those other figures arrive, I'm going to do a nice, uh, you know, essentially quote unquote French uh, force for my War of the Roses stuff. And and then as my wife was saying on the phone, I have the best wife in the world because uh, she feeds my habit, you know, a lot. So in terms of, you know, oh, you know, you got to get a new project ready for spring break. So that'll be in the back of my mind. So other than that, folks, um, so for those of you that are listening, we're going we're gonna to do a goodbye with Tony in one second. If you're wondering what uh, this podcast is up to and what Next Gen is up to, so a couple quick things. Um, Kelly is, is going to make an appearance at this uh, con, which I think we may have mentioned that on, at some point or another. Uh, yeah, the 20-Sided Gamified podcast, we are going to be at Salute this year in London, which uh, I'm super stoked about. Yeah, I know. It's, Tony is clapping. Um, I've it's, always want. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I've always wanted to go, and the beauty of working for a school that believes in a gamified approach to learning is I get to go for work. So I'm going to go and learn some stuff and bring it back for you know some of my classes and such. So that's going to be something uh, really, really fun on the horizon. And we'll have to see. You know, I might make it to... Uh, Gary Khan or the smaller convention that Luke is running the week before. Uh, I, I don't want to say the name off the, because I don't remember it off the top of my head. It's um, I won't say it, but it's I think it's happening the week before Gary Khan. We'll have to see if I make it out to that in March. And other than that, Tony, if somebody wants to find Little Wars TV, um, what would be the best way for them to to do that? Meaning on the interwebs, where would you say they should go? YouTube. Go yeah, to that's YouTube. the best place. Yeah, Little Wars TV. Um, that's where 99.99% of all our crap is. So go there, watch some videos, follow some links. Um, game. Get out and game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kelly, do you have any parting words or are we done? No, I think we're good to go. It was, you look uh, really awake now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you look really awake now. You know? It takes me like an hour or two. Yeah. But that 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 you know the initial banter really gets me there. Yeah, no, it's for sure. My insults usually, uh, folks. Yeah. My my insults are off camera most of the time. So uh, yeah. all right. But on that note, as I watch more snow come down outside, so for everybody listening out there, I hope that you enjoyed this show. Um, this is one of the more fun ones that we've done, and we're going to have to uh, take Tony up on his offer. Uh, Kelly and I, we're going to have to make the make the trip down. Uh, to the uh, you know Little Wars TV Gaming Center, maybe we should just call it that. You know, Tony, yeah. would that be an appropriate term to use? You know, might not be a bad idea if you're at Historicon. Um, extend the stay, take that Monday, come out and game with us at the club. Yeah, we could. Uh, you know what I've always wanted to do? I've always kind of wanted a podcast on location somewhere. Be kind of fun to. Run. I'm serious. Like it'd be kind of fun to run a game and then podcast about it. That would be really cool. So maybe we'll have to do that, Tony. I don't know. You're going to have to talk to the rest of your club because, you know, you're the liaison right now between these two juggernauts of uh, information about gaming out there, you know? We go we'll to Holy to Ground. We have half-priced wings. They've got, Oh, that sounds good, man. They've got 30 taps. Um, and then we go play some games. Yeah. No, absolutely. That would be a ton of fun. Yeah. And at that, at, and, and at this juncture, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end things. So, uh, friends that are listening out there, a couple uh, of really really quick points. Go into the show notes, right? If you go into the show notes, you'll see a couple of things. One, um, as you can see, Kelly and Tony and I, we are in good spirits. But let's just pretend we weren't. Let's just pretend, and I am not saying this mockingly. 
Let's say we weren't. Let's say someone loses a job. Let's say somebody has a health crisis. Say um, you're just in a place where you need somebody to talk to. One of our uh, biggest sponsors is BetterHelp. You can click on the link in the show notes. And if you do, you can end up talking to a licensed professional, somebody that can be an unbiased person in your life in case you run into any kind of difficulty. Second thing, if you really like this show, our little Patreon page was launched uh, right at the very, very beginning of January. So if you are interested in becoming a quote-unquote member of this team, uh, go to the link again in the show notes. Uh, and you can get some information about how that'll all work. And other than that, everyone, uh, Tony, I really appreciate that uh, you took this uh, amount of time to chat with us. I really appreciate it, man. Oh, thank you so much for allowing me this amount of time to ramble. Oh, no, you, you very well may become like a regular kind of kind of guest on this show. It was just too much fun. And uh, Kelly, thanks, man. Of course. Of course, the greatest co-host in the history of co-hosts. All right, everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to today's 20-sided gamified podcast. I hope you got as much out of the conversation as I did. If you're interested in learning more about the organizations I work with, please visit www.nextgengaming.org and www.nasaga.org. My Instagram handle is HMGS underscore nextgen underscore ink until next time be well get some gaming in and roll some 20s thank you so much